Listener Production. Hello and welcome to That's Enough Already. This week I've got Miff Warhurst on the show and she is short like me. There's nothing that bonds you together like two short women because we know how your shoulders stink after you've hugged people and they put their sweaty armpits on you. We'll be discussing that in the show. Uh, Not just that. I mean, there's other stuff. She jumps out of a plane in Africa. She's been on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. And then Spicks and Specs is back. She's on that too. It's coming back later this year. She has had an amazing career. She is having an amazing career. She's got a long-distance relationship. She's the host of Eurovision with Joel Creasy. Have a listen. You're going to love this episode. That's quite enough. Just shut your mouth, I don't give a stuff It shush, please, yes I can hear But I don't care, that's enough already Shut up, oh shush Alright, hey Murph, how's it going? Oh, I'm good, how are you going? Yeah, I'm really good So this is our second turn trying to get it done The first time we had to postpone Let's say because, you know, we were both called um, for, you know, competing in the Miss Australia pageant. Um, and so we couldn't get it done. <laughs> couldn't get exactly. it done. Would you do it? Would you do a beauty pageant? Um, oh, look, I'd love to think I could, but the idea of actually getting out there and being judged on my beauty uh, <laughs> would be terrifying because, you know, oh, it's never been a big deal for me, the, the whole beauty thing. I don't think I could. And I couldn't do the bikini bit either. Terrifying. Like I would love to run a, a, like a beauty pageant, but for women who, uh, I don't want to say who can't be fucked, but honestly, for women who can't be <laughs> fucked, but still want to compete for a crown. Right? So you're in the, like there's the swimmers one. Well, let's not say yeah. the bikini round because let's face it, I'm not going to get into a bikini, but there will be swimmers, you know, the shorts. I've got yeah. the, the long <laughs> sleeve rash vest. Um, yeah. So I'll be in that. And then, you know, sort of the flip flops and the big towel. Let's go. And, and you know, sort yeah. of, and, and then there's okay. one where, you know, sort of the, so we'll change up the, the routine a bit, so you get the the morning morning face. This is these, but yeah. just just getting up your hair. Well, basically, what I look like today. Your hair is just kind of sticking up. You, you know, you got a little bit of the mascara that you couldn't get off from the night before because yeah, when women you are didn't so. Bother. Yeah, no, I mean, so, like I wash my face and then the next morning there's still fucking mascara and you're like, do worth, I just have I've the most up. durable shit on the planet? <laughs> I've given up washing the face some nights. I'm just like, oh, well, it makes no difference anyway. It's still there in the morning. But I reckon what would be your special skills round? Like we'd have to change that up. You know how they have the talent section. Yeah. Like can it have to be something useful like how good you can pack a dishwasher or um, yeah. Something like that, rather than you know whether or not you can sing a, a theme tune or okay, um, so do a I, dance. I've got a special skill, and I thought about it this morning as I was making waffles for my kids. I make sure that the food that they eat are uh, interesting, and I because I encourage I want them to try different things, right? And so last night, so I make them. I said to to them, I go, "What do you want to eat tonight? Do you want to go Japanese? Do you want me to make?" You Mexican food? What do you want? So they go Mexican food. So I go, okay, I made some enchiladas, I made some nachos, I made just a whole bunch of different things. That would be my special skill. I can make food <laughs> for kids and they will fucking eat it. 
right? There's no such thing as like my kids don't want to eat. Well, my kids just want to fucking eat and they're quite demanding. They'll tell me 11 o'clock at night, can you make us some pancakes? And I will. I never say no to making anything. So that's my special I want to move in with you, Ursula. I want to move in with that. That sounds like like a dream for me. Someone just to cook me interesting food all the time. I love well, that. Well, I tell you what, then your your whole that whole dream scenario of you going in a beauty pageant is completely out the fucking window by then. <laughs> <laughs> what would yours be? I don't know, to be honest. I think I well, I think it is um, stacking the dishwasher really great yeah. or reverse parking. I reckon I'm pretty good at reverse parking. It's the one thing I actually pride myself on. Fucking and snap, bitch! I'm the same. Yeah. Like parallel yes. park? Yeah, parallel yeah. parks yeah. without the camera, everything. I just nail it every, every time. time. And 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 it's the only thing I'm proud to say I'm really, really good at. Like I will say it without fail. I'll go, I'm really good at reverse parking. Let's do a road trip, you and me. Oh, absolutely. We're, are you good with maps as well? Do you really enjoy maps? And, yeah, and old working school out maps. where you are? Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, the yeah. big fold-out ones that mm. you used to get like when you went to cities and you'd have to Fuck fold yeah. it to the, yeah, the yeah. corner of the page that you want. I love that shit. I love it. That is a skill set that has died. That's not a thing anymore. People don't fucking do that. I mean, you don't need to. It's like doing long division. You don't need to do it because yeah. it's all on your phone. Why the fuck would you? But, and back, know. you know, if the zombies come and they cut our internet because <laughs> apparently that's what they're going to do. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to know how to reverse park out of that and and find it and follow a map to escape. We'll be fine. We, we'll be fine. Yep. Everyone else will fall by the wayside, but we know how to do it and we love it. How the fuck are you and I not doing a living <laughs> show together? <laughs> yeah, how to live right, how to get yeah. things right. How tall are you? Oh, I think I'm five foot one if I'm lucky. So yeah. I'm five two. Middle. I think. Oh, great. Mate, how good would it be not to have a sore fucking neck after a show? <laughs> how good would it be not to look up people's noses? Like that's all I ever see. Yeah. Or, no, no, what irritates me, when people are in a photo with me, they always hunch down. <laughs> yes. I'm like, why are you hunching down? That's offensive. Just stand oh, your no. fucking height. I know, I know. And in telly, when you work in telly, the best one is when they just can't fit you in the camera if you've got a co-host like like Joel is my beautiful co-host yeah. on Eurovision yeah. and they don't make me stand on the box on a box most of the time. But, like, if we take photos and whatever because the disparity is so huge, yeah. you have to stand on a box. Yeah. Or they Photoshop me to make me look as big as the others, which just means I'm short and wide so I look even taller and, like, bigger. Yeah. It's just bizarre. They can't, people can't cope with the fact that we might be a bit shorter. They've got to make it all fit and look nice. And it's like, no, that's not yeah. life, mate. No, yeah. And, and <laughs> this I is me. Think, I don't think anyone's going to watch the show and go, I can't believe this shit. She's too short. I can't, this makes no sense. <laughs> so, no, people have actually tweeted me yeah. saying, like, you know, I'm too short for television. Like, they've actually said that to me when I've been co hosting with people. So, yeah. Which is just bizarre that that would be something that you'd wake up that day and go, I can't watch that. Yeah. She's too short. <laughs> Can I tell you on Spicks and Specs, I have to ask for a cushion or two cushions because otherwise the bench, the table that we sit on, I'm literally just looking up <laughs> neck upwards. So I, it's so high and the chairs yeah. are so low that I can't even see literally and I have 
underneath my feet. So I sit on two cushions in order to be kind of the same height to look like I'm same with Alan. I actually have my feet on a box because I can't touch the ground even when the chairs are at there. Like it's, yeah, it's um. It's something I've never discussed with anyone before, but yes, I know this is it's our a lot. private shame. A short bitches in the in the entertainment <laughs> industry. So, have you been paying attention? Australia made me a wooden box that goes under the yes. desk because for pay? me to be the same height, because otherwise the button comes up to between my tits here, <laughs> and it's just a weird thing where you sort of then it looks like I'm hanging off the buzzer instead of pressing the buzzer. So they've made a box so my feet can go on there. And then um, when in New Zealand they bought the rides, they sent the recipe of how to make my box for New Zealand. So they too <laughs> made me a footstool. So I'm the only one that's oh. got a footstool. So when I come up on the show, here comes the footstool. <laughs> I've got my own own box as well. <laughs> where, where do I find you today? Where are you? Because you, you live in Victoria. I do, I do. I recently, well, in the last sort of six months, eight months, I, I've moved to kind of semi-rural Victoria. I think um, two years of lockdown in inner city Melbourne kind of made me realise that that's what I needed at this point and I, I just went for it, which has been a huge life change for me, but I love it. I absolutely love it. And you're in Brisbane. You've got a long-distance scenario happening or I do I do and I was just thinking about you know with feet on the box and stuff these toilets too high for me like when I sit on the toilet I can't put my feet on the ground oh no oh no <laughs> like I've had to say to him like, like your toilet's too big like it's literally yeah. too high for me I can't like you can't go if you can't put your feet on the ground that's just uncomfortable yeah that's bizarre then you feel like a three-year-old you don't realize how what bigger part what bigger role the height of a toilet will play in your life till you realise mm. how many different ones there are and you're like, holy fuck, this is important stuff. <laughs> well, I have to renovate the bathroom in my new house, but I didn't realise that I'm going to have to choose a toilet based on all of these factors. I know. But the biggest thing is you're now going to go into Moida 10 or Bunnings or wherever you're going to buy it and you have to <laughs> go and sit, sit on, on those toilets. <laughs> Excuse me, I have to sit on these. Excuse me, I can't have them up on the wall. They need to come down and I need to sit on them to see if I can touch the ground. Yeah, and then the problem is, like, as soon as you get to a certain age, it's like once you see a toilet or your bladder goes, oh, it's a toilet, let's go. We better pay. (laughs) You're so right. Hi, um, you went to South Africa to the jungle and I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Mm. Do you first question? Do you think now during COVID and that where people are just going up, you know, they're just in the bush in Aussie? Do you think they're getting off lightly? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> no, Thank look, you. I think it's, I think it's the same kind of trauma that everybody's going through. In fact, I think it's probably worse because there's more creepy crawlies that can kill you in Australia. But I do think we. Do got you think so? Luck. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you've absolutely. got malaria mosquitoes where you are in Africa. Yeah, no, we gave up taking the malaria tablets after about day three because they make you bonkers. Yeah, no, no, so no. we were all just lathering ourselves in, in spray and, and there was no risk of that. But it was, I don't know, I just feel like in Australia you know you know what, what can kill you, whereas in Africa it's all a bit vague. You're not sure. They tell you about the, the black 
mambas and all of those things yeah. which were around. And, but you just don't kind of think about it because you're in a different environment. I just know what we know what's about to happen in the landscape here. Yeah. Whereas there it's like, oh, that's exciting. A snake that can spit in your eye and kill you. <laughs> <laughs> when you do something overseas, it's always like when you're in Australia, you you know, uh, health and safety and WorkSafe Australia and all this shit is on deck and mm. they'll be checking stuff. Whereas when you're in Africa, you go, fuck, let's hope this harness holds you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was my rationale in my head. Like I was actually the first woman in South Africa to bungee jump out of a helicopter. That was what they made us do on the very first day. I'd never been in a helicopter, let alone bungee jumped out of one, and I'm terrified of heights. So I would not normally be the first woman in South Africa to bungee jump out of a helicopter, but I was. And it's because I had to tell myself they can't afford to let me die. They literally can't afford to let me die, not in the first day. So even though it will be awful, I don't think they're going to get it wrong. I just had to have faith and you have to give over faith and control and and all of those things. And it was freaking terrifying. It's the worst thing I've ever done. And people who say, oh, you must must not be scared of heights now or you must just be able to do that stuff. And I'm like, no, it's changed absolutely nothing. I'm still totally traumatised by that experience and I will yeah. never choose to do it again. <laughs> no. I would not be able to do it. Like every year for, say, the last three, four years they've gone, they've asked me to go on it and I go, I mm. can't because I, I wouldn't be able to do anything with heights um, and I would probably punch someone in camp. Like I just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, there's that. I think I was lucky we had a pretty pretty good crew. We're all still on good terms and. You know, I think you bond by trauma, so you're a bit kinder yeah. to each other. Um, but, yeah, I thought I couldn't do any of those things. And uh, I just, when I was there, you, you kind of don't have a choice. But what they didn't show in that, when I was hanging, left hanging after I'd flown off a freaking water slide in a canoe and hit some things to set off yeah. fireworks, like it's bonkers. In order to get off, you're almost like kind of going up a, a cliff face And they're like, oh, hang on, we've just got to change a battery and a camera while I'm hanging there over. And I said, and I said to them then, and this is when I reckon they were like, nah, she's done. She's out. I think it's time to go. I said to the camera guys, I said, get me the fuck down now. I was like, I'm not waiting for your battery change. Get me the fuck down now. And I was screaming at them. Just because yeah. I couldn't handle it anymore. Like, that was it. I'd done my limit. Yeah. And, yeah, and they didn't show that on the show. <laughs> it's just probably no. fortunate because my people think, you know, I'm a nice, kind person, which I am. But I think when anyone's pushed in that situation, you end up just because, like, I was ter- like it was traumatic. It was, I was terrified and I just wanted to get the fuck down <laughs> Like, as soon as I do it, you need to get me to safety e fucking immediately. Yes, 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 it's done. I've done. I'm at my limit. I've got nothing else to give. So, yeah, yeah. that was a bit brutal for them to see. But, I, yeah, I didn't last too long after that. I think it was only a couple of days. I think they saw that I'd had So you and Joel host Eurovision. How long have you been doing that? And why the fuck is Australia part of Eurovision? <laughs> We've been doing it since, oh, goodness me, 2017. So I think people don't realise the tradition of Eurovision in this country and how how popular it is. But also it's just glitter Christmas too. And it's the best fun. And for me it's like music turned up to 11. Everything's ridiculous and bonkers and, and I don't know, it's just it's so much fun. And 
and we're good at competitions. Australians love competitions. We just want to be a part of it because we, we we actually do really well every year, which is amazing given most people still think we shouldn't be in it. <laughs> I don't know what I love more, watching Eurovision or watching Joel's um, socials with the two of you just going nuts wherever you are <laughs> and just like I just the chemistry between the two of you it's just amazing. And even um, at the Logies this year when the two of you were at the after party, you were the only two dancing and you, the only, oh. it's like <laughs> you're the naughty kids in class and you're just absolutely fucking dominating the class. <laughs> well, that's very kind of you because we were like, this is the Logies party. I think I'd drunk myself sober at that point and we're like, nah, stuff it. Let's let's just have a dance. There's no one else on the dance floor. Let's give it a go because I was about to go home and go to bed because I, yeah. I was done after this. 74 hours of the Logies, we were paired together. It was a coincidence. Um, We had pretty good chemistry on that day. But now, like, we, you know, me and Jack and Joel, Jack's Joel's partner, like, we've had holidays after Eurovision together. And this time both of our respective partners came and we shared an Airbnb. Like, we actually really love each other's company. And it's really, I don't know, I feel really lucky that I've, I've been able to be paired in a work situation. And we've got a similar outlook, I think. We try and have as much fun as we can where yeah. possible. And, you know, yeah, I can't speak of him highly enough. And when you've got good people, you, you're lucky, but, you, you know, you, you care for those friendships because there's nothing better than when you hang out. And, and like Joel and I aren't in each other's pockets by any means, but when yeah. we do work together and hang out together, it's, it's always a blast. And I just, I cherish that. I feel really lucky for that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's the beauty, eh, when you're not in each other's pockets. I love that. Those low maintenance, like I don't need to talk to you for three months, but you flick me a text and it's on yeah. and we're good and there's no, you know, there's no drama. There's no, like even um, my best friend, like best, best friend, we've been friends since the 90s. She moved to New Zealand a year after I did with her family um, they live one suburb over, but like they can have barbecues and parties, and I can do the same with. I don't need to invite them. They don't need to invite me because I mm. fucking know anything important. I'm there, you know, for all the big yeah. things. I'm there, and the same for them. There's one friend in particular would go. Uh, we had a party or something, and you weren't even invited. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool because we're not seventeen. Yeah, yeah, and we have our own lives and we come together when we need to or want yeah. to as opposed to feeling obliged to and I think that's, yeah. that's oh, look, I have to admit I'm I'm not great at the constant contact with friends. I think yeah. I sometimes leave people hanging a bit and I know that that's a, I'm just not very good. Like, but when I have, when I reconnect with everyone in, like I have very close friends and when I do it's it's really quality. There are people who have that those high maintenance lives and, you know, need that constant contact and good on them, you know, and find mm. find your like-minded people. It's just not in this fucking house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I did find like, you know, during COVID and, and the lockdown and all of that, that I'm actually pretty good with my own company. I don't need my, my time filled with a whole bunch of other stuff just to feel yeah. busy. Yeah. Otherwise I'm quite happy just on my own, which is, a, it's strange for me because I don't think I was ever very comfortable with being alone, but I sure am now. Fuck, I love it. Listen, I honestly, <laughs> when COVID hit, and I didn't think I'd have this, but when, because I travel so much, but as soon as COVID mm-hmm. hit, I was like, oh, I'm trapped here. I won't be. The first week I was like, fuck, what am I going to do? And then I realised I 
fucking love my own company. I don't even <laughs> listen to music. It's just silent. Like there's nothing going on. I don't need to put the music on. I don't need a podcast. I don't, I can just potter around and do absolutely fuck all by myself, oh. not talk to anyone for days. And I am as happy as I've ever been as an adult. How are you not me? That's exactly me. I can do I know how to fuck around like no one else. I can yeah. there hours go by and I've just fucked around and I don't actually know what I've done <laughs> for those hours. But I've filled it and I'm quite happy and content. I, is that middle age? I don't no, know. I, I think you just get to a point where you go, I've heard it. <laughs> I'm finally understanding when my mum used to say, I can't cope with the noise. And I'm like, I feel it. I feel that. I love being this age. I'm like, this is great. I've never I've never been more confident. I've never been more happy with myself. And I'm happy yeah. to say no to shit all the time now. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, well, I think you begin to understand, you know, I think I've probably been upset if I didn't get a particular job or and someone else got it or whatever. And now I'm like, well, I can't change what they think of me. If they, yeah. they they'll get me on board if they want me. Having that confidence to fall back on knowing that you can you'll make it through whatever happens. Yeah. I'm happy I'm at that place at that moment. Yeah. Fuck yeah, it's so good. We could make it through, you know, your sort of early life without the internet. We can fucking achieve anything. <laughs> <laughs> so true. We had to wait for months for a magazine to arrive that you'd ordered in from the news agents. Like, yeah. And we got our sex education from Dolly magazine. Like, yeah. we didn't have anything to grab onto in no. that sense. No, no. So you're right. We're as durable as they <laughs> fucking come. <laughs> I, let me ask you, Murph, what is um, the one thing about other people that shit you to absolute fucking death? I do think it comes back to the dishwashers. People who can't stack a dishwasher shit me to death. And I've had a few partners that can't do it and there's no point doing it again. Just do it right in the first time. That shits me to death. Frustrates the hell out of me. Like to the point that I think I might have ended a relationship or two because they were so shit with the dishwasher. Wow. Like I don't know, that's probably a real indication about, you know, what a terrible person I am. I'll, I'll tell you something. I um, was with someone who thought our toilet was self-cleaning. Are you joking? No. Whoa. And I'm like, Whoa. the toilet is not self-cleaning. I <laughs> clean it twice a week. That's why. Can I tell you, though, um, my fella, he actually is even better at stacking than I am and I had to say to him, you know, I've heard about love languages and I've never really understood because I can't believe you can be a type of person yeah. that needs a certain thing but I actually went, no, nah, fuck you, you, this is my love language. Yeah. I've just watched you stack a dishwasher and clean up and, yeah. man, that made me feel very, very excited. Yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs> well, that's your Valentine's gift is like, sit down. Yeah, let me get that bowl. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> let me put that glass in correctly. Let me, let me just stretch back to the back there and check the filter <laughs> for you. <laughs> oh, my God, you're pretty so true. Okay, what's the one thing about you that shits you to death that you wish you could change about yourself? That I wish I could change about myself. Uh, look, I talked about not giving as much of a fuck about what other people think, but I think it's still it's still hangs on. I, I wish I thought that was less important. I know rationally it's not important, but it still does affect me and I hate that about myself. I also hate that I am a bit lazy. I, like I said, I can 
muck around for hours and hours yeah. and not know what I've done with my day and I'd pretend that I've got all my all my shit together but I don't. Like I just I've just spent, you know, two hours watching a bit of daytime telly and <laughs> just just wandering around, yeah. maybe eating some food. Like I just I waste time and I'm a bit slack. But I think I think the beauty is most people are like that. Most people procrastinate. But hi, um, thank you so much for coming on to the potty. I really appreciate it. Thank you for oh, coming back. I've loved it. I've loved it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of That's Enough Already, hosted by me, Ursula Carlson, and produced by Natalie Turner. The supervising producer was Nick McClure, and special thanks to Ella Leaf and Big Sutherland. Couldn't do it without you, gals. If you like this podcast, remember to subscribe, share it with all of your friends, tell your mum, tell your sister, don't tell that annoying brother of yours, you know, but definitely share it with a friend.